Brent Driscoll, Irish Breakdown with us. We were just kind of having a chuckle, Brian. The Riley Leonard story hits. It's been rumored, but, but hits on Wednesday, and immediately the planet Earth says it's Notre Dame. There was not one dissenter. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. No, and it happened quick. It's like there was this mad dash to see who could get out there first. And, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it, I don't know that I have seen anything like that before. Even with this coach just taking an SEC job, there's just this assumption that he's definitely going to Notre Dame. And you, you subscribe to that, correct? I do. I, I don't know that I would say it's 100% the done deal that a lot of other people do, but I, I do think it's, it's, um, it's certainly, certainly trending that way. There, there's other school, there's a few other school, SEC schools in contention. Uh, that we've heard about, but I do believe Notre Dame is in a very good position to to finish this one out. You're a quarterback analyst. How does his game fit? Do you like this idea? So I've been torn on this for a while, Bill. I'm at the point where I love Kenny Minchie, and you've got C.J. Carr coming in, and I'm just like, at some point, you've got to start developing your own quarterback. And so my philosophy was, Develop your own quarterback unless you can go get a dude. And I believe Riley Leonard is a dude when he's healthy. And obviously Notre Dame is the reason he wasn't healthy this year. Uh, but you know, he, he fits what I believe Jared Parker's offense wants to get to. You gotta, people got to remember, Jared Parker didn't recruit Sam Hartman. Not that he didn't like Sam Hartman, wouldn't have recruited Sam Hartman. I don't know if he would have. But Tommy Reese landed Sam Hartman. Jared Parker's only quarterback that he's gone after and landed so far is Deuce Knight. And that's a totally different type of quarterback than what Sam Hartman is. And now, when you look at the quarterback that Notre Dame is targeting, number one, and then sort of a backup option that they've reached out to and done done a little bit of research on is Will Howard. Well, both of those guys are dual-threat quarterbacks to some degree. And so I think that's the trend that he wants to get to is, yes, you need to be a passer. You need to have a guy that can drop back and sling it all over the yard. And Riley Leonard can do that. He can throw off platform. He can make plays with his arm. He can get the ball down the field. But he's also a playmaker with his legs. And I think he, I, I, I believe he wants to go in that direction ultimately. C.J. Carr can do that. Kenny Minchie can do that a little bit. And clearly Deuce Knight has the ability to do that. Are they, by firing Chauncey Stuckey, saying that's our problem? That's the reason why this offense didn't click? Not at all. There, there, were, there were a lot of off-the-field reasons for this as well. It just comes down to this. A football coach at Notre Dame needs to be a strong developer of what happens on the field, but also off the field. And I just think there were some issues connecting uh, and developing young players off the field as much as there was on the field. I, I, I mean, look, Notre Dame is about to set a school record in yards, I mean, uh, points per game and total points, and they're about to be have the second-best season they've ever had in yards per play. I don't think they believe the offense was the disaster that everybody else does. Uh, but it definitely has to get better. There's no question about it. The receiver's are not getting the blame. This ha- this this is this is a lot of other things that kind of went into this decision. All those young receivers who played this year and I think played well collectively, all happy, right? No no threat to leave. I mean, it's 2023, baby. Everybody's a threat to leave in the off season. <laughs> so I, as far as I know, most of them. I mean, they all plan on staying, but I don't know that anything right now is is a guarantee. Well, and I should have said not named. Tobias Merriweather, but he's not a true freshman. Right. So. right. Zeke Correll, starting center veteran in the portal. Was this 
not happy with the O-line coach. Is this them telling him Ashton Craig played well and it's his job? What is it? I think it's it was more about it's time to kind of turn the page. I mean, the only reason Zeke Carell can even consider coming back for a sixth year is because of COVID. And, you know, when Zeke went – and, and I'm, I'll just tell you, everyone that I talked to at Notre Dame, they absolutely love Zeke Carell. He is a great kid, great leader. Uh, but it was just kind of time. You know, it was kind of time. Ashton Craig was coming along. Even going back to last year, some of the rumblings I heard from sources about how Coach Heastan felt about Ashton Craig. They love Ashton Craig. And then he took the Joe Rudolph very, uh, very clearly as well. They actually were training him at guard and center. Like they really were looking for a way to get him on the field. And the unfortunate thing for Zeke is that he had a legitimate concussion injury that allowed Ashton to make two starts, and then Ashton did really well in those two starts. And so I think it, that kind of led them to say, hey, look, it, you know, we now know what this kid can do. It's time to, to kind of head into the future with the, the center position. What's the O-line look like next year? We know the left tackle's gone, but outside of that, what's it going to look like? We now have four interior players that started multiple games this year. Obviously, Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler both started 10-plus games. Uh, Rocco missed the last two games. And then Billy Shroud got a chance to get two stars. He played really well also. So I think you're going to have those four kids kind of battle it out for three spots. I believe Ashton Craig kind of has that center spot as of, as of now locked in. And then those other three will battle for the two guard spots. The expectation is that Blake Fisher is going to come back, although there have been some rumblings. He's going to look at the NFL. I, I think that would be a mistake on his part. I, I think – I don't know what his draft status is. I don't look at this from a draft standpoint. I would be a little surprised if he was considered a day one or day two draft pick with the way that he played. The tools are immense, but he hasn't played like a guy that, that is going to be a day one or day two draft pick. If he can kind of come back, become a more consistent player, take his game to the next level, I think he can shoot up that high. There's no doubt about it. But if he comes back, now it's about Tosh Baker and one of the younger players, of Charles Jagasaw. Emil Wagner, one of those guys, kind of balance that other tackle job. Now, what I don't know, Bill, is will they slide Blake back to left tackle where he started his career before Joe Walt took over, or do they leave him at right and then let the battle be at left? My my guess would be that they would tell Blake, you can, you're going to go play left tackle and then let Tosh and Emil Wagner and Charles Jagasaw and the younger players battle it out for the right tackle position. That would That would be my prediction if Blake does choose to come back. And... They're absolute beast at running back, you got to assume, is gone. But they've got plenty of depth and a kid coming in, so they're fine at running back. Yeah, they got two kids coming in. They have Keedron Young, who just had a monster season in Texas, and then Aeneas Williams, who I think has had at least 40 total touchdowns in each of his sophomore, junior, senior seasons in Missouri. Now, obviously, Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price are two guys they absolutely love as potential stars down the road. I could see them being a more dynamic one-two punch like we saw from Audric and Logan Diggs in 2022. You know, just kind of, hey, we've got two studs, and Jabron Payne kind of staying his little his, his third down role. So, uh, I mean, it's not where you're looking forward to Audric leaving because he's a he's a stud. I mean, he's gonna you yeah. know if he plays in the bowl game, he's gonna be a 13 plus 100 yard guy just at the all time scoring record. It's not not that, but it's like when he leaves and he did a great job, you're like, hey, we're gonna be fine. But they're gonna be different, and that's the thing is like you know, Audric was a big. You know, inside zone duo, you know, guy that could had great feet but was a was a big power guy. These two kids are home run hitters. And then when you add them with the dynamic of what you're going to have at quarterback, if Riley Leonard does, in fact, come to Notre Dame, it's going to be a different-looking run game next year. But it's going to be an explosive-looking run game next year. Brian Driscoll, Irish Breakdown. We've got about maybe three minutes defensively. Number 99, who's had an outstanding year
Is he gone? Well, from every we're, we're told that he's back and forth. We have a couple sources that are that are somewhat connected to that one. I don't believe Riley's made his decision yet. I believe he's still working on getting NFL feedback, but. I won't be surprised if both of their interior guys come back, to be completely honest with you. Riley Mills and Howard Cross, because Howard Cross has a six-year option as well because of COVID. So I won't be at all surprised if both of those guys come back just based on what we're hearing, but there's still some time to be played. There's still some time before they have to decide. I mean, a, a monster bowl game where one of them has two, three sacks maybe could be the thing that, that says, hey, I'm, I'm ready to come out. I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. But uh, our intel is, is, as of right now, it's trending towards both of those guys coming back, which would be huge for the defense next season. And, Brian, Notre Dame doesn't play young linebackers, so they're going to be new there somewhat. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big question, Bill, is how many of those line because they all have 60-year options because of COVID, Kaiser, Bertrand, and, and Maris. Mike, one of the big questions we have is how many will they ask back? Just one, two? Do they try to bring them all back? I, I think that remains to be seen, and I think that could be tied into whether or not Al Golden comes back. I know that Al Golden's being pursued by – you know, some NFL teams and some college teams, and, and he had a phenomenal year. If, if he comes back, I could see a scenario where he, he tries to convince them to take some of those veterans back. If he leaves, I think it would just make for a normal transition to say, new defensive coordinator, let's get those really talented younger players ready to go because they are extremely talented. A lot of good young DBs. Ben Morrison's a superstar. We know Cam Hart's gone. Xavier Watts, what's his future? Uh, another one that right now is still up in the air. He's waiting to hear back from the NFL committee. He did submit his name in to, to be evaluated. And, and uh, again, he's another one that as of right now I think is leaning towards coming back. But once he gets his NFL feedback, obviously that could change. But uh, I, the unique thing about Xavier, Bill, is I'm normally a fifth-year fifth athletes need to go, right? Yeah. Like You just don't see a lot of fifth-year athletes. But his situation is so unique because he's really only been a true safety for a year. Right, you know, a year and a half at the most. So he's unlike a lot of fifth-year guys who are just you are what you are. Zay just has a lot of room for growth in his game from a technical and experience standpoint that could allow him to really take off. And I think that's something that's really factoring in for him. Is yes, I need to get to my second contract faster, but I need to make sure that I'm as prepared as I can be to actually thrive once I get to the NFL. And that's been the back and forth for him. Brian, they've recruited really good in that secondary, though. Recently. Oh my gosh! I mean, you're going to lose yeah. Cam Hart, who was a stud, and feel like you're okay because of, yeah. you know you obviously have Jake and Jade Mickey. But when you watch Christian Gray this year, I swear to you, Bill, I, there are times up in the press box I looked at the guy and said, "Was that was that Benjamin Morrison or Christian Gray?" I can't tell because they're so similarly built. Right. They move so similarly. They it, it just if it wasn't for Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart, I wouldn't have been shocked if Christian Gray came in and had a similar season that Benjamin Morrison had last year. Mike Mickens has done a phenomenal job rebuilding that room and just making it one of the most talented corner groups in the country. Maybe a minute. We know it's not so easy to just go and get transfers and litter your roster. You can't do that at Notre Dame. Grad transfer is a little bit easier. How aggressive will they be? How many will they take generally in what positions? I know that's tough. I think about five is, is kind of like what they did last year. I, I think they'll look again, it, depending on what happens with guys jumping in the portal, not a receiver. That's one. Quarterback's obviously one. Uh, safety's going to be one where I could see them looking for depth there. And then potentially, uh, you know, guy up front. I think those are the positions on the defensive line, on the edge. I think those are the positions they'll focus on. Anytime, Brian, you can get a interior defensive lineman, you take them. I don't care what you did. Yes. And the one they just got this past year turned out to be pretty darn good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bill. Good. Got another good one coming. J.C. Sherber, thebigspur.com.
Omni Nashville Hotel.